Of One Man Ride. I'm your host as always, Michael Ward, or Mike, or whatever. Mick, Mike, Mick. That's the question I've been getting a lot lately is what do I like to be called? Anything. So, Michael, Mike. I mean, people call me Mickey, Mick, Wardy. It doesn't matter. So, whatever, uh, whatever fits, works for me, I'll answer to it. Um, today is the 22nd of March, 2021. Um, This is the second podcast of this season, of the 21 season. We missed last week. Uh, I was going to have Coach Chris Garland on. Uh, We had a a little bit of a disconnect on when we could do it, and then I ran into uh, a birthday, my wife's birthday, and then St. Patrick's Day, which always sort of wipes out the... March is tough. Anniversary, wife birthday... Uh, St. Patrick's Day, all within like a week, and it just sort of blends together. Um, so anyway, I did get to go see a lot of games last in, in the last two weeks, uh, which was great. But I just want to say, so I just want to thank all of you who listen. Um, the last episode had over five hundred listeners, which is which is pretty good. Um, especially without people that are driving in cars as much, you know, usually a podcast is something you drive to work and drive back. So, I mean, I've had much higher rated, but to come back and not have one for a while and to have over 500 listeners, and I've had over 10,000 listens to my podcasts overall. So that is, um, uh, I, I thank all of you. I thank you for uh, people who take the time to listen to me. Again, it's just some guy who just turns on his microphone and just starts talking, uh, I, I'm, I'm good at talking. If the people who've met me know, I, I'm not afraid to talk. I'm not afraid to to give my opinion or or have a conversation. Um, I, that might be my Irish nature. I've been called a shanaki, which in Gaelic is a storyteller. So that's basically what I am. So there's a few things that I wanted to go through this week because. Um, it's sort of the things that happen every week. Uh, usually what goes on, I, I'll just talk about. So Twitter. Twitter is the main source of my communication because it reaches a large audience. Um, a lot of people are on it. Uh, a lot of followers go on it. A lot of team sites are on it. So it's an easy medium to get to everybody and everyone to get to me. Um, that being said, I absolutely can't stand being on Twitter. Um, If there was just like a Twitter for lacrosse and conversations and that was all that was on there, it'd be great. What happens is you get caught up in all those, the politics and everything that's going on and, and just the fighting and whatever. And it it sort of wears on you after a while, but it's something that needs to, I, I need to use. Uh, so it's something I bear through it. The other, the other aspect of it is, um, Access to me. Uh, so I'll give you the example. So I didn't even know that any regional rankings came out last week. Um, I believe Inside Lacrosse came out with a ranking, and I believe U.S. Lacrosse came out with rankings. 
Uh, I found out because all of a sudden I started getting, you know, you hear the little bling noise that you're getting notice notifications. So I, I literally had no idea. I'm like, why am I getting a few of these right away? Because they usually come in bunches. And it was um, people questioning my picks. How did you pick this team? How did you pick this team? How did you pick this team? Now, I don't want to throw a state completely under the bus, but I'm going to... Uh, I heard it most from Ohio people. Now, I hear a lot more from Ohio people usually than the other states, which I love because they're the most passionate about their teams. Maybe it's they have more teams, a total volume of teams that are so good. Again, there's three cities uh, for everyone else. Not, I mean, Columbus, Cincinnati, and Cleveland. So they all have their own region. Uh, it's a hard state to cover because it's so spread out. And you'll have a, you know, your pack of uh, Cincinnati teams and your pack of Cleveland teams, and they might not meet. And so you're sitting there saying, oh, this team's better. It's hard to compare, uh, contrast, and whatever. So, <laughs> so the most conversation I get about lacrosse is from Ohio people. But also on Twitter, probably the biggest following is, is, is Ohio lacrosse. They do a good job of having people on there who talk about lacrosse, all their regions. It's a great cheerleader. The, the parents and the fans are very vocal about their teams, um, which, is a, which, is, which is a blessing. I enjoy it. I love it. But immediately I got just jumped on. Well, how did you pick this team and how did you pick this team? I'll tell you the one team that got everyone crazy was Dublin Kaufman. I'll be completely honest with you. Um, I don't know how Dublin Kaufman got in the top 10 of the region. Not to say Dublin Kaufman is not a, a, a great team. Dublin Kaufman, the last time everyone played, was the state champion. They lost four just awesome players from that team. They lost their head coach. So... And now they've got a year removed. So this is a whole, it was basically going to be the rebuilding year last year. It was going to be a wait and see. The other Dublin school up there, Dublin Jerome, was the up-and-comer. I think I had the top five I had as a dark horse to win the state championship last year. So when someone, uh, when I got it, some of the, you know, the vitriol, you could say, uh, I said, I don't think Dublin Kaufman is even the best team in Dublin. Um, I hope they do well. I, I think that's a great rival. I thought Dublin Coffin's uh, state championship was great. I loved that team. I loved how they played. You know them. You could see them on TV. You could see their players on TV uh, just all the time. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a fun to watch. Loyola and uh, Notre Dame, uh, Denison, and then I think Hassan Rada is at Ohio Wesleyan, I'm not sure. Uh, again, a year has passed, and, and everything's sort of crazy. That's also why I didn't do a regional ranking, is because a year has passed. There are kids who are sophomores right now who would have got playing time as freshmen. There are also kids who are juniors and seniors who might have grown, might have gone through puberty. So you can't sit there and, and, and make a pick. It's also a futile thing. You, you can never please everybody. Um, that being said, there are perennial powerhouses. You could usually make it make a choice, and and, and not be wrong in, in across the states. Um, 
Plus, I watch a lot of the travel. I watch a lot of the box. I've watched a lot of the, I, I've seen a lot of the kids. I know a lot of the kids. I follow a lot of the kids. And I follow a lot of, uh, you know, I, I hear from parents and, and travel coaches and whatnot. That helps, but it doesn't give you the whole story. I had to take a little sip of Coke there, getting uh, parched. So I had to make a sort of announcement, like I'm not doing regional rankings. Uh, I might, um, but I have to see the teams. I, I can tell you this. They had me as one of the people doing the ranking, and I didn't do it. I have done it in the past for Inside Lacrosse, and it was fun. And it was fun because I talked to a lot of the coaches who were the other people, and it's coaches. Um, and if they want to get coaches to do it, that's fine. I know this. If you're a coach in Mich- Michigan, how are you knowing about a team in, in, in uh, Kentucky if you're not playing them? I actually go. This is, my, this is my claim to fame. This is what I do. I will actually go and see teams. I see teams play. Um, I don't know who does the U.S. lacrosse rankings. Obviously, he's never gone and seen any teams play. I watched the rankings two years ago. I watched the rankings this year. And I said, yeah, you can just sit there and fill in blanks and say, oh, I'm going to put in the last state championships, last state champions, and put them in the top ten. And then maybe perennial uh, also rans, and that'll be good. And it's and it looks good. Fine. You know, I mean, you could do that. Um, that's that's fine. Again, their rankings, their opinions, don't get so upset about them that you actually pick up something and send messages to me saying, why would you do, how would you do this? Um, another one that got people going was St. X in Cincinnati. Um, and I saw St. X play in the preseason against HSC, and they didn't look like their normal St. X team. Now, that being said, if anybody knows anything about St. X in Cincinnati, uh, they know that it's coached by Coach Nate Sprong. And every time you've heard them people say, St. X is having a down year, St. X is going to have a down year, they lost a lot of players, it's, it's become almost a cliche because Coach Sprong just knows how to get his players ready. Just knows how to do it. Uh, it. It wouldn't shock me if he sat some players. I don't know. I thought. I think he had his first game this week uh, and beat Indian Hill, which is um, a, a team on the on the rise. Um, I would never, ever, ever, ever pick against Coach Sprong and Saint X. Now that being said, I just watched Moeller the other day. They look very good. Uh, Springboro, I'm hearing, is looking very good. Um, so there's, a, there's the Cincinnati area, um, but well, I can talk about that in a minute. Um, but those are some of the things. Now, if I had to go out and live, first of all, and if, if those who follow me and listen to me and know, I don't uh, include um, Culver in my, in my top ten. Uh, I think Culver is one of the best teams in the country. Uh, I don't include them in the high school rankings because they cannot play for a high school championship. Uh, If they could, I'd say, okay, they're great. I think the same thing with Western Reserve. I don't think they could play for the high school championship, so I wouldn't put them. I hope it gets to a point where there is their own sort of league, which they do, and I think the Geico championships and whatever might happen, and that's more fun, the Hill Academies, IMGs. Hopefully Western Reserve gets into that level because it would be great to have two of those uh, power heist powerhouse type teams in the Midwest because it's it's something to show 
younger players that look at the talent you can see here, um, and they do the the they play the team. They play some teams here. And again, I've always said you might get smoked, you might get beat, um, but it's always good for your team. It's always good to learn where you might be weak and what you could pick up. They will show you where your they will show you your uh, your shortcomings really quick. Now, Western Reserve, they're not there yet. They just battled St. Uh, Ignatius, another perennial powerhouse, to a, uh, I think, one-goal overtime win this past week, which I got to watch on um, live stream, which, again, is great. I, I think that's great. It, it, it ups my, it ups my uh, ability to watch teams. Uh, I, I prefer to go to the games, but sometimes you can't do it. Uh, I was watching the live stream of St. Ignatius Western Reserve while I was sitting in the car waiting for the HSE Carmel game, which was the big game, I thought, of the week um, last week. And I'll talk about that in a second. Just I want to go on to the other thing. Uh, still with Twitter because I, this is what I get the most questions about. I also have a lot of followers who sit, who send messages asking why can I come to their game? Can I come to their game? Can I come to their game? I'd love to go to every game. This is this is what I do for fun, and I do it because I really do enjoy it. I love sitting there, sitting alone and watching it. Um, I usually, if I know people and I'm comfortable enough to know people, I usually will sit with like coaches or or former players. Because I like to hear what they say during the game. Now, um, because that's how you learn. You know, you get to sit with somebody who, who played at a high level and who came from a different area, and you hear their opinion on what might be going on. I, I like learning that. I like, I like hearing that. Uh, when you hear other coaches uh, talk about it as you're watching them play and hear what they would do different. Now, sometimes I take it with a grain of salt and say, you know, this could be, that doesn't, just because you say this doesn't mean you're right, you know, but I like to hear that other uh, thing, but I can't follow, I can't go to every game, um, even though I'd like to, so I usually put it down to who wants me there, I mean, that's, you know, it's nice to feel wanted, it's nice with open arms and and, and invited and, and, and people help you, so I usually look, oh, is this, are both of these teams following me? Do they follow me? Do they contribute to my success? I would like to, you know, it's a reciprocal thing. Um, so I always ask the, play, the parents, like, your team doesn't follow me. You know, what, but this team does. So if that's the differentiator, I'm going to go with the team that follows me. I, I mean, you know, one hand washes the other. Let's scratch each other's back for all the cliches. Um, you should ask your coaches why they don't follow me. I don't know why a team in the Midwest wouldn't follow me. I don't sit in bad mouth teams. I don't talk bad about them. I don't. I don't. I, I, I never hit the negatives. I, I, I'd like to always be positive. Again, we're talking about high school age boys. That is a uh, a group that I don't care how good they are. I think someone said it this weekend. Like, yeah, this team could be a state championship team. Although one of the guys could have a breakup and he spirals and gets depressed and angry and and you know stops playing. These are high school boys. They're prone to mistakes. They're prone to not listen. They're prone to do their own thing. Um, 
So you, you never know. It's 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 a again. It's high school men, young young men or boys, and I don't want to be critical of them. Uh, I want to support them. I want to help them. Uh, I want to talk to them, and, and if they want to go on to the next level, if there's anything I could ever do, I do. And I talk to a lot of players. Again, there's been some people who I've showed the messages I get, and I get some of the nicest. I have to say this to a lot of the parents out there. I don't know if you you know that your son might be sending me a message or whatever, but I have never gotten a message from a player in the Midwest that has ever been um, mean spirited or, or cocky or the men who have sent me messages and that's been a lot. And I promise you it's been a lot have been the most gracious um, and, and, and honest and nice and polite kids that I've met. It gives me, it, it literally gives me a ton of hope. I show my wife, I, I think my wife has cried probably 20 times when I, oh, look at this. And then she's just like, oh my God, that's just so nice. That's so, it is so nice. It's nice to see. So parents, and, and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to say this. If it's happened, if there's 35, 40 kids who have sent me messages, I'm going to say, I'm going to take the whole thing and say, all the kids are like this. So great job, parents. The boys are, are doing great. It, 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 it really warms my heart. Um, so back to the whole thing. Why doesn't your uh, team follow me? Find out. Ask them. I know why there's some teams that don't follow me. I know it. I don't need to say it. They know it. Uh, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. Um, I do get a kick out of some of them that don't follow me. But then, like, I, I went to Mason to watch Cathedral play this weekend. Um, they re- the, the, the parents reached out to me. A couple parents reached out to me the day before. Come and do. They helped me get the tickets. They're tailgating. They're like, hey, do you want to come here? They're showing me the, the stadium. They're giving me, here, sit here or sit here. I mean, it was very nice. It was very welcoming. That makes me want to go back there to Mason. That makes me want to cheer for them. Archbishop Moeller, the same thing. I walk in and say, hey, how are you? Parents talking to me. People talking to me. Hey, thanks for coming. It makes you feel good. I'm sorry, it, uh, it, you know, maybe that's weird, but it makes you feel good. Like, hey, I just drove two, two hours, took out time away from my family to go watch a doubleheader of lacrosse because I enjoy it. But people acknowledging it is really nice. When all the crowds are walking out and I was standing there, so many people, thanks for doing what you're doing. That makes you feel good. That makes you want to do it. Both of those teams and their parents, players, reach out. It's great. It's great. There's a lot of parents and players of teams that do it. Uh, some teams don't. So that's And even if you're a team that doesn't follow me, if it's an important game that I feel like needs to be followed, I'm still going to the game. Uh, you know, it's just, I, I just won't, you know, tag anybody with, with that team because it's, why bother? They're not seeing it. Um, but there are teams that are important that don't follow me, but they still need to be seen. And that's the other thing. When I have a limited amount of time and a little limited amount of driving ability, um, I have to try to find the best matchup to find. I want to find, because to grow the sport, I believe, for someone like me, I need to 
get the big hype matches, the big hype games, to get more interest. I think there are people who cover each state in their own areas that could, that could see, the let's say, the teams that aren't in the top five or the top ten. Um, mine is to try to get a regional expectation saying, oh, look, it's a Brother Rice game or it's a Loyola Academy game. I think when you build that up, that helps build the sport. I don't think we're at the stage yet in the Midwest where we could have um, each state is a deep, deep state, like football. Like you could rattle off, you know, 10 great teams in each state in football that could win the championship or come close or be there. I don't think we have 10 great teams in each state in the Midwest. Um, so it's almost like you'd, you'd like to see them be able to play the top teams, the top teams. This year, of course, we know is crazy. Um, this year we've got, I, I think Michigan started today. Uh, Ohio started this weekend. Indiana's a weekend. Um, I'm not sure when Loyola, I mean, I'm not sure when Illinois starts. I know uh, Missouri's up and going. Kentucky's going. Uh, Wisconsin might have just started. Minnesota is starting soon. So it's just, um, it's actually offset a little bit. It might actually help me because one season might go a little longer that I could still catch all these. But again, go to the big-time matches. So the big-time match I went to last week um, was Carmel and HSE in Indiana. My son plays for Carmel. Um, I do not have a bias against or towards either teams. I know boys from both teams. Uh, I, know, I know them well. I know their parents. Uh, I thought this game was going to be great. I watched Carmel play their last two games. They are very young. They are built for, uh, hopefully I'd say they're built to, to compete for the championship this year. They certainly have the talent. Um, if not this year, they are the team probably look out for for the next two to three years because they have young, legit talent. And if you know anything about Carmel, it's a school with close to 6,000 kids. Um, and it's just got it loaded with athletes. So it's just a matter of using the athleticism of these teams. I watched them play their first two games. They absolutely uh, dominated. That's not to say the other teams were there. I mean, one team didn't, their goalie couldn't even play. Uh, tragically had a uh, spinal stroke. Uh, Casey Powell went and visited them, I think. Um, so, I, you know, they came out and played, though. Okay, that was Noblesville. They came out to play this team, knowing that they were shorthanded, short man, not as good, maybe. But their coach said something so great that I read about when he said, how do we expect to get better if we don't play the best teams? Which I think is the best thing to do, hence my culvert thing. So, and then I've seen HSC, I saw HSC play uh, Culver, which did not go that well. I saw them... Um, scrimmage against St. X where they looked very good. And I know the players and the coaches for HSC. So I, I was very familiar with these two teams. And I will tell you this, I had a lot of calls beforehand. Who do you like? Who do you like? And I, and all week I switched back and forth. Uh, there were a lot of question marks that I had to how they could work out. And, um, I think the youth HSC won the game. HSC is a senior heavy team 
I don't know if they want to say senior heavy. They have uh, two of their attackers senior. Their face off is a senior. Their LSM is a senior. So, yeah, I, their starters, their best midi is a senior. So they're into it now. They're also a very powerful team. They're very good. Um, like, good enough that they're top top 10 in, in the region. I'd I put them top 10 in the region right now. Uh, I'd also put Cathedral top 10 in the region. And we're going to see how that plays out because they are going into the region playing. I love the attack and the style that Carmel's been playing. It's run and gun. If they get on top of you, you're not getting them off you. They are run and gun. They are using their athleticism. It's, it's tic-tac-toe, bang-bang. I'd like to see a little more assists. They have young players, uh, Matthew Rogers, Jake Klein, and uh, I'm trying to think. Char- um, I, th- I just lost, I forgot his name. Uh, I don't have the roster here. I'll think of it in a second. Uh, Fedorcha. Fedorcha is a sophomore. This is a boy who didn't play a freshman year, came out, and he's one to keep an eye on. Uh, big lefty, nice hands. Um, but I think, the, I think maybe the, the experience of, of HSE took it to him because they sort of took him out of the game that they had, that they've been playing. Um, so, and of course, I get asked all the time, you know, is Carmel bad? No, Carmel's not bad. Carmel's loaded. Carmel's, Carmel's got a very good face-off. They have a face-off squad. There's something you don't normally see. They have three different face-off guys. Now, granted, Daniel Seed takes the majority of the face-offs, but my guess is going down the line, if someone starts getting his number, they're going to throw in the next guy, Jacob Katz, or the next guy, a uh, freshman who I watched, and I said, oh, you're going to be seeing him. And it's an Arbuckle. You'll hear that name, Arbuckle. I also think Carmel has probably one of the best D-Midi lines um, because of said Arbuckles. The two Arbuckle twins, they're twins. Uh, one's an LSM. Um, uh, Brannick is an LSM. He was on the Under Armour team. I've watched him for years. And his brother Chase is a D-Mid. I mean, he plays, you know, two-way mid here, but uh, he's got the skills and the speed and the strength to be a legitimate D1, D midi. I tell coaches all the time that this is a kid to keep an eye on. I'm sure Brannock's getting recruited everywhere. Brannock's a big, big LSM, fast. I'm sure Chase might be getting overlooked because his bigger brother, I'm telling you right now, Chase Arbuckle is a difference maker. And that brings me to my second thing. During all my games, I get calls from college coaches. I get calls, texts, messages. Love it. I appreciate it. Uh, it, it. It validates me in a way where I feel like I've done, um, I've done my job. You know, that, that people trust what I say. Uh, they know that I might have some other information that other people might know. And that I do, actually. Uh, I've been a friend of parents because I'm a parent. So when you get to know all these parents, they tell you what's going on. Oh, so-and-so's calling. We're getting recruited by him. Oh, he's recruited here, but he doesn't want to go there. Uh, he committed. There's, there's one issue that I've seen this year happen is so many commitments, but I've gotten from parents who are like, well, he committed there because everyone's committing. And so they just felt like they had to commit. Uh, which I see, and they're like, you know, hopefully if someone will go and recruit them or they'll ch- they could change their, their, their uh, recruiting or their commitment, 
That's fine. I mean, I, you've seen it. We've all seen what's going on with the transfer portal. You know, how many kids are, are committed to the, uh, to the Ivy League? You know, that's two years in a row the Ivy League just pulled out. If I'm, a, if I'm an Ivy League kid, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous. And if someone comes calling, I, I'm listening. Uh, you know, granted, it's an Ivy League education and all that, so it's all about the education. But there are kids who just want to play lacrosse in college. And we didn't think we'd have th- there would still be issues right now last year at this time. Remember, it was 15 days. Uh, we're going to do this. And then everything was destroyed, and now we're watching the NCAA tournament all in a bubble, a team had to pull out because of COVID problems. We don't know where this is going. As much as we keep thinking, there's no real calendar on this that could say, oh, it's fine. There could be a panic next year when it gets fall and winter again and it's cold and flu season and it could pick up the COVID and all of a sudden the Ivy League could do it again. And then you're, there's going to be kids three years not playing. So that's the, the, the I get that inside information from parents saying, hey, he committed, but... He's looking for other schools. He'd like to go there, 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 there. Brings me back to when the coaches are calling. You know, I, sometimes I'm live tweeting. Sometimes I just tweet. Sometimes I'll put out a kid who looks really good. And I get, a coach, I get calls from coaches, literally during the game. Uh, and I will never out the coach. I will never talk about the coach. I will never do this. this is, it, it's a confidentiality um, between you and I. I just like to say how it makes that how it works for me when I get coaches calling and saying and I'm telling you right now these are D1 D2 D3 uh, MCLA coaches which which I really love um, and uh, they're JUCO coaches who just follow but they I don't really I haven't gotten any straight calls from them but I know that they've you know I know they're watching um, MCLA one is the really good like oh would that person be interested there because odds are my son will probably go to college and play on an MCLA team. Um, and that's, shouldn't, that's not a knock. That's, that he wants to go to a big school. He wants to have fun. He wants to not have lacrosse you know, be so prevalent, but he still wants to play. So that's great. That's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. So, again, that's a, I'm, I'm on a different tangent. So I just like to say when the college coaches are reaching out, I, I, that makes me um, feel validated. I appreciate it. I will get as much information about that player you might want to know about. I will get back to you. I will find out. Some of you know that, um, that that's what I will do. So those are just some of the things that, you know, that's come up, that's going on, that I wanted to talk about. Um, but now I sort of want to do the Indiana, concentrate on Indiana um, part. I think the Indiana right now is a four-team race. Uh, Center Grove, HSE, Cathedral, and Carmel. Um, for those who follow Indiana, Center Grove, you might go, Center Grove? What? Well, Center Grove is a team that's, is a school that's loaded with athletes. Um, I don't think that uh, I don't think that uh, lacrosse was a was a big issue there. They got a new coach two years ago, um, Ryan Broderick, who played at Bellarmine, and I think he was a Zionsville high school kid, so he's an area kid. Um, he brings passion, and and it, he brings passion to that team. He brings knowledge to that team, and all you have to do is tap into the physical talent. Uh, 
in that school, I, I think they were top six in f- football in the country. I mean, they, they are a loaded, they're a powerhouse with loads of talent. I saw them play Cathedral. Um, Cathedral, who quite possibly might be the best team in Indiana. Some will say they are. Some will say HSE. We'll find out at some point. But Center Grove really, really, really brought it to Cathedral. They're not as, they're not as skilled. Um, they're not there yet. The, the, the lacrosse IQ isn't there yet. But Cathedral has a tradition of, of lacrosse. Um, they've had the same coach for years and years and years. They're, they are a legit powerhouse. Like when someone in Indi- uh, um, Ohio was talking about Cathedral, they called him, they referred to him as Indiana Juggernaut Cathedral. That's pretty good respect from, the, from a neighboring state. So they're well known. Center Grove isn't as well known. Not yet. Um, they are big, physical, strong, and they play with it. They play mean. They play tough. They're going to knock your head. If you're not looking, you're going to get, you're going to get uh, knocked around. I don't think they're dirty. I think they play tough. Uh, I like to say that's Midwest ball. Because maybe they're not, maybe the Midwest isn't as skilled as we like to, that used to be the, oh, you're very physical, but you're not as skilled. That's changing. But I think starting, starting things out, you get a lot of athletes who might be football players, might be hockey players, uh, might not be as skilled, but are fast as lightning, strong, big, strong, and they'll just, you know, give you a little shot. That's Midwest style. Uh, that's what I like to call it. That'll even things up. You start getting the kid nervous, you get a smaller attackman coming around, and there's a 6'3 deep hole there who is 220, you're going to think twice. So do I think Center Grove is going to compete for the championship? No. Do I think they'll be in the state playoffs? I do. Um, Carmel, I just brought up, loaded with talent, loaded with talent. Um, Ethan Hall, their goalie, fantastic. Probably the best athlete on their team. Uh, fiery, tough, fast as, fast as lightning. Um, Jack Huntington, their, their leader on defense, going to Lindenwood. Uh, just another tough guy whose speed. They have all the tools that you need at Carmel. Do I think that they're in the championship right now? I don't. Could they? Easily. 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 That brings me to HSC. HSC and Cathedral are the two teams that I think would be in the championship right now. Um, HSC's goalie is a sophomore. That was my big question mark for them. I've seen him play twice. He is a big, big boy. Uh, so I wondered about his speed. I saw him get beat back door a little bit against Culver, but then again, that's Culver. Um, now I watched him against Carmel, and I watched him against St. X uh, of, of Ohio, and just sp- superb hands, great hands. Uh, and his outlets, the outlet passes, he's throwing dimes. Um, if he starts getting better positioning, this is a sophomore, I'm sorry. That, that kid is going to be a, a, a brick wall. Uh, Jack Emko for uh, Cathedral just plays great. He attacks the ball. He's another athlete. 
uh, him and Ethan Hall, which is both funny, they are both goalies that if you miss the cage on a shot, they're beating you to the end line to get possession. They have that timing down, and they sprint. They are both fun to watch, and that makes a big difference. Ali Asip playing face-off, or being the face-off guy for Cathedral, might be the difference maker. That might be the difference maker there. They have a strong midline. They have Kevin Barudic coming off on, as an O-mid. Um, so he's working from up top. Still not getting any shorties. They're still putting a pole on him. But their, their attackmen um, of Johnny Craigie, uh, Jeffrey Utzinger, and Ethan Pack is, is as good as there is around. Uh, they're well coached, again. They play in their system. And the thing that I like most about Cathedral, which might be the difference, if I had to choose right now, I might, I have to say Cathedral is, is the number one pick. Um, I, I like their, how they're off. I like how Kevin Brudich is coming off and, and, and playing up top. I love Ethan Pack behind the cage. I like a QB kind of, I think, I think one of the issues with Carmel is they have three attackmen that are all scorers. Um, that's their, I think Ethan Pack is a look for a assist first with then three scores with Johnny Craigie, Utzinger, and then Barudic up top. Those are the scores, although Barudic could pass left and right. Uh, I think the two best offensive players in the state of Indiana are both on Cathedral and HSC. I think Kevin Barudic on uh, Cathedral and um, Ryan Kemp on HSC are the two best players. They were teammates growing up. Uh, they complemented each other well there. Ryan Kemp is going to Lindenwood. Uh, I've seen Ryan Kemp play since he was in seventh grade when, when I was living in Chicago. God, maybe earlier when he played on the Mad Cats, I think. Um, he stood out every single time I've ever watched him, and he stood out so much that other parents have said something about him. And I said this the other day on Twitter. I said, that is a D1 athlete. That is a D1 player. Uh, actually told a coach the other day. There's a kid who's a D1 player. Lindenwood is getting a steal because this he's smaller. But again, look at all these midi, uh, attackmen doing it now in uh, in in the real in the in college. They're all uh, most of them are smaller. Um, he also plays with a giant chip on his shoulder. He wants to beat you. He wants to beat you. He makes a mistake. He only makes it once. Uh, he also won't force the issue. He's fun to watch. I, and again, they have a nice, he has other nice attackmen with him too. Uh, E.J. Reichert and um, Garrett Smith. The attack, the attack lines of the top three teams, let's say, are very, very, very strong. Very strong. Um, so that makes it a fun team to watch. So you have the two best offensive players on the two top teams. You have to sit there and say, okay, who can fill in? They both have them. Mike Matheny, um, who I thought last year, he would have been his junior year, Michael Matheny, no one, knew who the, no one knows who he is. I, I still don't think, it, I mean, maybe people are starting to realize it now. Uh, I think he played baseball. He's a 6'1", 6 feet 6'1", specimen who could run and shoot lefty and righty on the run uh, and put in hit corners and sting corners. He, so he could stretch out that deep, make the defense come out on you, and then you, you can get go down low, and score. So when, when I honestly, I'm saying these, 
Right now, HSC and Cathedral, they're two of the top 10 teams in the, in, the, in the Midwest. Now, here's the beautiful thing, and here's the part where I think it's going to hurt Carmel, is the schedule. Carmel doesn't have any real tough outside competition. They have Forest Hill Central uh, coming to town. Uh, Forest Hill Central, perennial power. Not sure how great they, that's rebuilding. Uh, they got a young defense. I'm not sure about their offense. I'm not sure their coach is sure about their offense. We'll find out next week. They play Carmel. They're doing a back-to-back. That's, that's a tough one. They're doing back-to-back Carmel HSC. I think they might be doing a doubleheader uh, the same day because of some of the rules that happen in Indiana or in Michigan. They can only get away like one day. So I think they're doing, which is beautiful for me, because I get to see two of the top teams in Indiana compete against the same exact team, so you can see how that works. The transitive property doesn't always mean anything uh, against these two teams. Plus, I get to see Forest Hill Central twice to get a to get an idea of how they look because they are always a perennial power in Michigan. Um, and then I think Carmel has St. X of Kentucky, which is a top ten team. Again, they're just tough. Uh, they don't get enough publicity. We'll be talking about Kentucky in another episode. Uh, and then Cathedral. Uh, Cathedral, on the other hand, will be playing St. Ignatius tomorrow, going to Cleveland, playing St. Ignatius. They play Archbishop Moeller, which is, I'm watching them the other day. That is a solid, solid team. Uh, I didn't really see any weaknesses. They play as a team. When I've seen them two years ago, they had stars on their team. You can see they were more star. Let's get the ball to our big guy, Brendan Sigurdsson. Um, now they play as a team. They, and, and all these kids that I watched two years ago that I said, these kids are going to be great, have panned out. Uh, th- so that's another tough one for uh, Cathedral. I think they're going to play a few more teams in Ohio in the MS or MHSCL. Uh, I, I, I butchered the, the names. Uh, it's, it's, it's a Ohio based tournament with some of the top teams that cathedral uh, plays in. So they'll be playing some of the best teams in Ohio. Uh, HSC, same thing. They're playing Forest Hill central this Friday. They go to Fort Wayne and meet in halfway there. They're playing brother rice. Brother rice is, the measuring stick. Um, I'm hearing now that the brother Rice is on the down on their on their back end of their 18 years of domination, 20 years of domination. Uh, so I, I take that with a grain of salt. Oh yeah, they dominated for 20 years, but now all of a sudden they're going to be bad. I don't know. We'll see. I'll get to see them this week. I'm really looking forward to them. Brother Rice in my makeup 10 year uh, makeup top 10 Midwest teams is number one. I, haven't, I, I, I know a bunch of their players. I know that they're good. I know their coaching staff. I don't know how good they're going to be. They're number one. They get number one. You get number one preseason because of the body of work that you've done over and over and over again. So we'll get to see HSC there. I think that that, um, I think that, that the steel sharpening steel, the iron sharpens iron, will help Cathedral and help HSC. And I think not having it could hurt Carmel this year. And there's where I see the differences. Um, and that's, there's nothing you can do about that. That's your schedule. That's your schedule. That's, that, that happens. So, I mean, as far as we're talking about Indiana, 
uh, the Division Two, which is the new split, which we we have two divisions now that were supposed to start last year. Um, again, didn't happen. So now we're, there's a Division One, which are smaller schools, um, which I haven't even gotten to go see a lot of them. I saw Garen play. Garen Garen was a Garen was in the last playoffs before there were divisions. They've gone down to Division One, and they're young, but they're talented, and they and they know how to play. They played Carmel, started off pretty good, but like I said, when Carmel gets on top of you. They, and I give this warning to everyone. I give this warning to Center Grove. I give this warning to HSC. I give this warning to Cathedral. Even though HSC beat them in this game, as these boys mature, as they get more games under their belt, you don't want to get down to Carmel. Because when they get you down, they're going to keep their foot on the gas. Um, for people who watched that game this past Friday, you saw the flashes of that offense. You saw... When it when it started going, it just it, it, it. I think the moment might have been a little big for him this early in the season. That could all change. So, um, I'm very up on Indiana this year. I'm very high on Indiana this year. Uh, I don't think I was as much so in the past, and I don't know if it was because Indiana wasn't as good or as the other teams in the Midwest were really good. Um, like I said. There was St. X, St. Ignatius, and Dublin Kaufman two years ago uh, were loaded. St. X or St. Ignatius last year um, had Connor Camille and, and Michael Bame on their team. Like I, I, I mean, Ohio State, Michigan. They were just playing against each other on TV, brought up the whole time. That's a big loss to lose. Uh, I thought they looked very good against Western Reserve, but again. It, it's hard to put those Loyal Academy had five D1 players from their last year team or three D1 players from the last year. Two years ago, they had six D1 players. Uh, New Trier was loaded with players. So it wasn't that Indiana wasn't as good. It was the other teams were so good. I think now that they've caught up. I think, um, again, I'll give Brother Rice my number one. I'll give Loyal Academy this year number two. They don't have a they don't have an open spot on their team. Uh, I think every single player on their team will be playing in college. Um, they're loaded. Nutrier loaded. Maybe a little different than past Nutrier teams. Not as physical. Maybe more skilled. How does that play out against uh, Loyola? I always say Loyola could be the best team in the Midwest and not win their championship because Nutrier could beat them. Uh, and it might not always be because Nutrier is the better team. I think Nutrier knows how to play Loyola. I think they pound them a little bit. I think they get in their heads a little bit. Um, I think they have an intimidation factor. I don't know if they have it this year. There's also kids on Loyola this year who are a little different, who are tough. So, again, back to Indiana, it's not that they aren't as good. It's that the other teams were good. Now I think Indiana could go two teams deep into the, into the region. Possibly three. Possibly three. Uh, seeing how Carmel could move up. I expect Carmel in the next two years to really be a powerhouse, cathedral powerhouse. I have to see the younger kids coming in for HSC, but it'll be interesting to see how Center Grove comes up, how Fishers comes up, how Westfield, Westfield rebounds, how Zionsville rebounds. I saw Zionsville play earlier. They were young, they were small, but they, they had skill. They've got goalies. 
You know, you a, bit, a lot could be a lot could be uh, covered up with great goalies, and they do. So again, I'm very bullish on Indiana. I'm very bullish on the whole sport here. I like how the IHSLA helps it out. I like everything about this Indiana, and I'm very excited about the season. Obviously, because I'm uh, talking very excitedly. Um, and again, who else do I want to see? Oh, Minnesota. Um, I tell everybody, Minnesota, if they were close by and could play everybody, if they could come down. Uh, last year, they might have had three teams that could have beaten everybody in the, in the Midwest. Benilde, St. Margaret, Prior Lake. Um, I'm trying to think who I had third. Was it Stillwater or um, Meadow Me Die? I think that's how I say it. Um, they're hard to figure out because you don't get to see them that much. I think uh, 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 BSM is probably the number one team there. Prior Lake probably sitting there number two. There's so much talent up in Minnesota. There's so much talent up there. Big, fast, strong. You know, these are a lot of hockey players. I think that translates very well. Um, I just look at Michael Bame's game the other night for Michigan. I thought a lot of his... A lot of his uh, play, you know, getting a, a cheap goal with a, with a tip in, I think that was all hockey-related. I think that's what happens with these Minnesota teams. Uh, I think uh, Shawnee Mission East, they've got some nice players. The problem with them and the problem with MICDS is this year I don't think they get to go out and play all these other teams. So it might just be a, an issue of, of them not getting to competition. Yes, there are top teams there. Uh, and again, I will go through this as the weeks go on, each state and, and whatever. But again, this year is a different year. Loyola Academy doesn't get to go travel out east. That's what Loyola usually does. Uh, two years ago, they played Chaminade, St. Anthony, and Garden City back to back to back. I mean, that'll get you sharp. Um, New Trier doesn't. I don't know if they can travel anywhere. So much is, is, is changing this year. It's almost like a rebuilding year. The bad thing that I've seen and heard from a lot of people is the youth programs have suffered. Um, the feeder programs, if you will. And that's something that probably needs to be addressed region-wide. Uh, and I'd love to get some feedback on that because this need, you need to have these kids playing sixth grade you know, it doesn't have to be club. It doesn't have to be in a club team where you're spending all this money. But I think the regional team. I think the Carmel Hounds do it. Uh, HSC Fishers has it. Mason has it. Um, actually, a lot of the you know the high schools are now have it. I think that's su super important. I think it's smart to get your your uh, younger boys playing. Um, that's that's a must this year. I mean, that's something that I, I would love to put together a bunch of guys a bunch of people from all their states and say, hey, let's, let's make a, a whole spring season for these young guys, make it fun, make it, try to really build it up. Girls too. I mean, we need to keep this going. I, I think this year really hurt a lot of things, um, and that's a shame. But, again, this is life. You have to adjust to it. I know that. Um, but, again, I, I don't want to – it's nobody's fault. It's just how it is. So um, that will probably be the end of this show. I will say this, to, tomorrow I get to go see Cathedral St. Ignatius. 
this is going to be one of those games where I get to see two of the top teams in the Midwest, how they play each other. Should be a great one. Friday, I get to see HSC Brother Rice. Should be a great one. I think this Saturday, I get to see Forest Hill Central play Cathedral, or Forest Hill Central play Carmel and HSC. Um, so I think I have an opening tonight, so I'll see if I could find something local here, although that might be tough. A Wednesday game I'm looking for, and then a Thursday game, I think, um, to, to get out there and see everybody. So if you have games and you want me to see, and you know, I get this a lot, I will be going to Minnesota. I will be going to uh, see Shawnee Mission East, probably go see MICDS. I will be going down to Louisville to see uh, St. X. Um, I will be going back up to Cleveland to see Western Reserve. I want to see how they go. So it will be a busy time. It will be a fun time. I'm really enjoying it. I'm not enjoying the gas prices going up. Uh, Last year we had low gas prices. It would have been great. Uh, I have to get new tires on the car to get this thing ready. But again, this is all... It, it, it's it's a hobby of love. I I I really do enjoy it, um, and I thank everybody who listens, and I thank everybody who follows, and I thank everybody who reaches out and has kind words. I really am appreciative of all of it. And if you and if and if your team doesn't want to follow me, that's okay. Um, that's fine. Uh, if they're in a big game, I'll probably still come and see you. If you show me your videos of your sons, I will post them. Um, if you have questions, I will give you the advice. Uh, again, I, I, my advice is my advice, but I always try to go to someone who may be an expert and try to say, hey, what about this? What about this? I'm never afraid to think I'm the guy who knows it all. I've been very successful in my life. And the reason I've been successful in my life is I never thought I knew all the answers. I was confident enough in myself to go to other people for guidance. Uh, I think that does take confidence to say, I'm deferring to you. And um, I defer to a lot of other people, a lot of experts, a lot of really smart people who know something better than I do. And that's what I use to help the people I could help. So again... I want to say thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week.